Hello and welcome to Home Partners of America's Welcome Home podcast and videocast. My name is Sophia Basir. I'm the business development manager for Home Partners of America's east side of the country, a licensed real estate agent for over 12 years and soon to be broker. And I'm also your host. We'll have a new episode twice a month on every other Wednesday. We've started this podcast to help provide more detail and clarity to our amazing lease purchase program, which started in 2012 after the mortgage crisis. Today, we're lucky to have our senior manager of acquisitions, Nicole Cooper on. Welcome. <laughs> we'll be speaking Hello, with Nicole about acquisitions, best practices, and how to navigate um, our process. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So please let us know how long you've worked with Home Partners and what your role is within uh, the company is. Of course. So I actually started with Home Partners back in 2013, and this was recently after the program started in general. So I was one of the first outside hires. And when we started, I believe we had maybe less than 15 people. Oh my gosh. So to see the company with 200 plus people and 78 metros when we started in just the Chicago MSA, it's been really rewarding to see. But I originally started out as a relationship manager, which now would relate to the applications position. So I started out on applications where I did credit underwriting, and then I moved over to marketing actually for a short amount of time. I did a couple events. Then I moved back over to acquisitions where I did document review, moved to transactions, and then I moved to the underwriting team. After that, I got away from acquisitions and I moved over to asset management where I was an asset manager and I really helped sell some of our disposition properties and with new initiatives such as Realshare. After that, I moved back over to acquisitions where I managed leasing, transactions, and inspections. And recently we did a bit of reorganization of the acquisition side. So I am a senior manager of the acquisitions team and specifically focus on transacting. Um, you've literally been <laughs> in every part of this company, so... Whenever I have a question, I'm coming to you. All of the Perfect. questions. Anytime. All of the questions. <laughs> Anytime. That's so wonderful. Um, so I want to dig into um, uh, helping our agents be more successful. What are uh, three of the most frequently asked questions you receive from our agents on the ground, our boots on the ground during um, their process with home partners? Yes. So I made a few notes but I think everyone across the whole company probably gets this all the time. But one of the biggest questions we get is, can the resident move in early? And just so you're aware, we, obvious, we always set the earliest day we can accommodate. As most agents know, anyone in real estate, brokers, right now there's just a, a shortage of vendors, appliances, people to complete inspections, municipalities are behind. So... We're also not just renting a home, we're purchasing a home. So although a traditional buyer may not care about some small items, 
as a landlord, there are a lot of items we have to address in regards to life safety issues that a traditional buyer may not have to. So that's the reason we have that make ready ready period in order to handle those life safety issues. So whenever we get that question, we like to be pretty blunt. Can the resident move in early? Please make sure the resident is okay with the move-in date that we have listed on the resident approval letter and the lease. Because a lot of times we hear feedback that the resident thought they may be able to get in a bit early and now their lease is up and they often don't have a place to stay. So we just don't want to put anyone in a bad situation. So I would say when you get that question, it's best to be upfront, transparent, honest, and say, at this point, this is the earliest day we can accommodate. Yeah, awesome. And um, so nobody is disappointed, right? Yeah, that's a big one. Um, (laughs) Some of the others (laughs) would be, can we agree to buy a property as is? So because of the very tight market, we are getting a lot of pressure to change terms in our contracts, which we have. We've increased earnest money to 2%, and uh, we often will agree to pay for owner's title policy and items like that. So when we get a question, will we purchase a property as is? We will. So we'll buy a property as is, pending that it's already passed our initial checks we can agree to as is. However, if we do the inspection and the property comes back and there are liability concerns Mm -hmm. or we're over budget, if we've agreed to as is and the seller is is not willing to provide any credits or do any work, then we would have to terminate. Mm -hmm. So that's just something to think about. We can do as is, but again, if the inspection comes back and it's pretty bad and we don't have any help, we would have to terminate in that case. You sound like a buyer to me. You sound like a buyer. (laughs) That's what a buyer would do, right? You sound like a buyer to me. Exactly. Nicole. Exactly. So just a key, we can agree to it. So if we sometimes get countered on that question. So just to clarify, um, another one we get, can we sign builders contracts? So as of now, we only sign state contracts. I know not all states have a state contract. They're broken down further than that but we always use what the state uses. So for builders, the only builder we work with is Pulte, and that's because our legal team works with Pulte's legal team and they created an addendum. So that's the only big builder we're able to work with. And the main reason being is there are just a lot of terms in the builder's contracts that take additional review. And our team really isn't versed on going through all of the many different builder contracts A lot of times certain title companies or certain deed types are required and it just doesn't follow our standard line of practice. But again, if any builder is willing to use the standard state contract or the standard state new construction contracts for already built homes, we can certainly go that route. Awesome. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for the breakdown of (laughs) the big (laughs) questions that come in. Um, There are a lot of things to know, so... Uh, Hard to keep up with everything. Absolutely. But that's a really good start. I mean, hopefully when the agents are listening to this and while they're heading to their um, appointments to show properties, they just have those nuggets to to start with, right? And um, can you give us a few major don'ts that may slow the process down for agents? So I really just have one big one for this. And I would say, keep in mind, 
for the transactions team. And we're the team that will prepare offers, handle counters, execute contracts. It takes us usually one to two business hours to respond. So please be, be patient. I would say one of the biggest do nots is to email every 15 minutes like, hey, just want to make sure you received. Hey, do you have an update? Then call because whenever you call our main line, our customer service then sends us another uh, chatter, which comes in as an email as well. So then we're looking at maybe six emails on the same property, especially when other teams are now looped in. So I would just say be patient. If you haven't heard from us and it's been, let's say, max two hours, definitely feel free to reach out again for an update. But in general, it usually does take us a bit of time to kind of work through some of those contracts. So just be patient. Please don't ping us a ton of times. We get a thousand plus messages or emails on any given day. So it's just a lot easier when we only are juggling one email versus kind of sifting through more than one for the same question. Right. Oh, that's great. So this kind of plays off of that last question that I asked you. Something that can really help the process move along smoothly or a couple things. For sure. I actually have a couple of things written for this. So one, any documentation you have up front is helpful. So disclosures, although they're not required up front, if you send them up front, we can sign them whenever we go binding and then we don't have to follow up. We can also find out if there may be any issues on the disclosures a lot faster when we have them. If there were, if if work was done and permits were required, if you have proof of permits, send those up front. If foundation work was done, if a roof was fixed, any information you have up front is definitely helpful. I would also say be thorough. We get a lot of documents. Make sure the buyer name's correct. If you're preparing a counter for us, or if a listing agent has prepared a document and you're sending, make sure everything looks correct. Be our eyes first, so then whenever we check, someone's already reviewed. And the biggest thing that helps us is using any electronic signing system, whether it's DocuSign, AuthentiSign, CTME contracts. If you are able to put counters, executed contracts, buyer agency documents, and for us to sign electronically, it really saves the team a ton of time. Because you might not know, but in, whenever you get six or seven documents and you have to unlock them all, you know, go through, sign every single page, it takes a lot of time. So that's very helpful for us. And it certainly will st- streamline the process on our end. Awesome. Oh, man, that's super helpful, Nicole. Thank you so much for that information. Um, is there anything that else you would like to add that would be helpful for our listeners to know about the acquisitions process? You're obviously the expert, so. Um, yeah, again, just be patient. We want to get properties under contract as fast as possible as well in order, uh, it, well, more importantly, so the resident doesn't have to submit another property because that's more work for everyone. I would also say, I try to call agents a lot of times just because I can get things wrapped up a lot more quickly through phone conversations. And I'm always surprised at how many voicemails are full. So if you're an agent, make sure that your voicemail isn't full. Maybe go ahead and check it out because it's difficult whenever I want to, you know, ping someone or leave a message and I get the voicemail full. So that's just a hint and probably a hint to myself too to check mine. Uh, But those are some of the big ones. And again, I'm always happy to help. I have a lot of people that kind of email me and 
chat me individually and I'm definitely always, always here to be of assistance. Thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me, us, because obviously there are going to be people listening and watching. And to all who are listening or watching, we'd like to have a truly audience-engaged podcast and videocast. So please email your questions and episode suggestions to me at welcomehome at homepartners.com. We'll have a link to our Home Partners of America site listed at the bottom of each episode also. Thank you for watching and or listening. I look forward to seeing you all again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And until next time. Thanks.